Hey, Jonathan, and all of our listeners, we're so glad that you're here with us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here too, Seth. Jonathan, I don't know if you've reviewed our podcast. If you have, that's wonderful. Maybe cheating. Just another reminder to all of our listeners that if you review our podcast and subscribe, that helps us get more listeners and it tricks the algorithms into suggesting our podcast to other people who might be interested. So if you haven't done that already, please do. Yeah. If you want to be a part of tricking other people into listening to our show, go ahead and hit that (laughs) five-star button. Yeah, use those algorithms to our advantage. That's right. Well, here's a question for you. What would you do in this particular situation? Would you want to live in a jail cell for one month or be confined in your house for one year? Honestly, my answer to this question is too soon, man. But (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm somewhat close to the experience of being confined to my home for one year. Yeah, you have a lot of practice. That's true. I'm honestly on the fence because I don't want to trivialize the experience of being in jail. But at the same time, I feel like there's a level of empathy that I don't have that I could have if I had that experience, at least to some extent. Not totally. Ugh, I don't know. It feels too much. I think I'm going to go with home for a year. I kind of know what I'm in for with that choice, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my reasoning was the same. I thought... Well, I've kind of been doing it. Can watch more Tiger King, Squid Game. I don't. I don't even know what Squid Game is about. Like three different people have tried to explain it to me, and I just get confused. Wait, can I try? Yeah, of course. Okay. Korean drama, exploiting people in dire financial situations to play Korean children's games to the death for exorbitant amounts of money. That's the best I can do in a, in a few words. <laughs> okay. So if you so if you die, you like you actually die in in real life, not just the game. Like your life is over. Yes. Like the first game they play is red light, green light, and if people are moving during red light, they are literally instantly shot, like real life dead. Whoa. Yeah, it's intense. I guess I could watch that during my one year when I'm stuck at home. <laughs> that gives me plenty of time to watch it and recover. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the fact that we were all trapped in our houses was literally the only reason anyone watched the garbage that is Tiger King. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see if or how this question was related to our passage. So will you read it for us, Jonathan? Carol Baskin didn't kill her husband. And sure, I'd love to read it. This is John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36 from the New International Version. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, 
Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So, if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. When keeping with our new format, that was from the new international version, which is one of the most popular versions, at least in the United States, and I think Canada. So we're going to keep moving and ask, what jumped out at you when you were reading this short little passage? For context, I saw a TikTok recently, and there's this format to TikToks where someone will record themselves asking a question, and then people will kind of splice that video in and make their own TikTok with their responses. So this, like, kind of bubbly presumably evangelical girl was like what's something that everyone thinks is in the bible but isn't and it cuts to this like just very deadpan older woman who's just like white people (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was which i thought was really funny (laughs) but honestly As a white person, there's something here to the crowd's response. Again, as I did in our last episode, reading with the crowd. As someone who hasn't experienced a need for freedom, at least in my own mind, I don't think that's, I don't think that's actually my reality, but like in terms of my social location and all that, I kind of get the question, how can you say we'll be set free? Almost here in that, like, what do we need to be set free from? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting question to hear, knowing the time and the context and the setting. But that question just really struck me. Also, that TikTok was hilarious. This is almost getting me on TikTok. But not quite. (laughs) Hey, you're already giving all your information to Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) That's true. If the Chinese want it too, they probably can get it pretty easily. Yeah, from Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) I found myself in a similar position to you. I mean, again, both as a, as like a white man. I've never been pulled over for a traffic violation. My interactions with police have been minimal. So with that, I guess I'm asking the same question. Like, how can you say that I need to be set free? And especially, I think, I bring so much baggage to this as someone who lives like in a Western democracy, and especially the United States of America. When I hear freedom, I just bring so much to that. America. Exactly. I just bring so much to that. This this whole idea of what America is and what freedom is, which I think is just so different than what these, these people who are following Jesus are hearing when they hear the word freedom. I'm not sure if I can read this text like them just because I've been so like drenched in this discourse about freedom. But we're going to try. We're going to try and find a middle way, maybe. I think the other thing about my experience and my knowledge of history and just where we come from now, there's this aversion, I feel, to using language of slavery. And again, I know it's a different concept and... I think one of my 
biggest challenges with the Bible is how it treats slavery as like an assumed reality. But at the same time, this is a passage of profound liberation because at the same time there is slavery to sin, there's also true freedom from the sun. I'm glad that we get this line, the truth will set you free, in a little more context, too. Because mm. I think when I hear that line, I hear just that little snippet. I think it says that on the headquarters, or at least like in the lobby of the CIA. Yeah, Seth, I'm seeing here that you're right, that at the entrance of the CIA, there is a wall that says in King James English, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Directly from this passage that we read today. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a... <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem like how Jesus is using that, that line, does it? Yeah, that's like dystopian. Honestly, yeah. Moving on from the dystopias and the walls of the CIA, is there anything else you noticed in this passage that jumps out at you? And if not, we can move on to thinking about, you know, what does this little section mean for us today? I think I'm ready to talk about that. I don't think there's anything else that I really need to highlight. This text is the assigned lectionary text for every single Reformation Sunday. So it doesn't matter if it's your A, B, or C, you get this same text from John on the last weekend of October. There's been a history of interpreting this text in a way that's like really spiritual. That like what Jesus is saying is that you know, you'll be set free from your sins. And here's, an, here's one example of this. This person writes, Here is the truth. Christ will truly make you free. Not in a physical manner, but he will free you from sin. Here Christ wants to state, I'm not a beggar preacher who preaches about paltry things such as riches, honor, might, and pleasures. For all these are nothing but pig dung and filth. But Christ is speaking here about true, eternal, and spiritual freedom. And that person was Martin Luther. Hmm. And I just wonder if this isn't all of his privilege showing. I think that it's true that Christ will make you free from your sin. But I also think that Christ empowers us to try and free others in ways that are physical, right? From, from like literal bondage, from, from being in prison, like being overcome by debt, from working harsh hours and conditions that are deplorable. With that, I guess I wondered if the truth can set us free when we learn about these horrors and then work to fix them. 
Well, Seth, my initial reaction is is really similar to yours. That I think Luther, maybe like us, was asking a similar question to the crowd. And when you hear Jesus offer freedom, and you're like, "But I'm not. I'm not in bondage. I'm not enslaved." There are few, if any, opportunities that aren't available to me. How can you say that we shall be set free? And now Jesus does talk about being a slave to sin, but he also does that after the crowd asks the question about literal liberation. That's that's where their minds go first. And I think it is an assumption of us for Jesus' response after that to talk about being set free from slavery to sin as corrective to their assumption and not the logical next step saying you're right. Yeah. You're, you're not enslaved to anyone, but you are slaves to X, Y, Z. And, and I, and when you think about the truth setting us free, there's part of me that's like, yeah, like if we can just expose the systems, if we can shed light on the ways that, you know, things are set up to hurt certain people or help others. Or if it was just about awareness, a lot more problems would be solved right now. Hmm. And there's honestly a part of me because of that that's hesitant to say, yeah, the truth will set us free. Because either we haven't heard or don't know how to proclaim the truth in all of these circumstances. Or... Freedom and liberation require something more than just truth-telling. Hmm. Hmm. And I honestly don't know the answer to that. To which one is true or more true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I hear this famous line, I just wonder, like, how self-referential it is. Like, I think I want to make truth abstract. Like, I think of of this kind of like, this philosophical ideal that's the truth. But I just wonder if I shouldn't think more about a person. Like, if I shouldn't think about Jesus himself. Mm. I think about Jesus, we'll say later in John, that I'm the way and the truth and the life. So all that to say, I just wonder if it isn't this this kind of like abstract idea about what the truth is. But rather, I wonder if what will set us free is actually Jesus Christ himself. And the love that he has for all of us. And that love empowers us to do exactly some of the things that you're talking about. To, to not only learn about these systems that hurt people. And to talk about them openly and truthfully. But also to to push against them. I just wonder if it isn't that love that's the antidote to the apathy that we're afraid of. Yeah. Well, I'm struck by, Seth, how I think a lot of times when this passage is spiritualized, it's also neutralized. Hmm. In that a lot of its power and a lot of what it calls us into is taken away because when it's just spiritual the stuff in the world around us isn't supposed to matter as much 
But as you describe it, there's this, there's this connection and also an assumption in some ways, but like one that I at least agree with (laughs) that like knowing the truth in the person of Jesus prompts us then to act in response. It's not just about being aware again. It is about what that awareness, what not just awareness, but that intimate knowledge, that connection, that relationship, what it then prompts us to do and be and become. Hmm. Well, there feels like a moment there where our yearning for liberation, even if it's liberation we don't know we need yet, like the crowd, turns us to others and says, do this for me, where in the kingdom of God, in the reign and realm of God, Jesus makes liberation possible, but he doesn't finish the job. Not yet, at least. Hmm. And in the meantime, we're invited to know the truth and be made set free in partnership with God too. Hmm. And to share that truth and set others free. There's work to be done because of what work has already been done. Hmm. I would regret if I didn't at least mention this, that this passage has been used in the past to do the exact opposite of setting people free. It's been used very specifically against people who aren't Christian to say that they don't know the truth and therefore that they aren't free. And I think one of the ways that we can actually live into this truth and the freedom that Jesus' love offers us is not to wield this passage as a club, but rather we can know the truth and the love that God offers us, and we can extend that to others, and that we can do that in ways that aren't, I want to say, imperialistic or harmful. Because if this passage is going to be about truth and freedom i really want it to be about both the freedom that we experience individually but i also want it to be about a freedom that we all experience collectively so that was sort of a serious aside but i think when we come to these texts that have been used in ways that are really harmful the best thing that we can do and we've done this a lot on this podcast is to just talk about it up front and openly. Yeah. It's only when we recognize the harm that they've done and call out those readings specifically that we can we can move toward a reading that's life-giving and that is freeing. It's almost as if the truth will set us free. Sorry, it was right there. I had to take it. <laughs> that was good. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, speaking about what you just talked about, Seth, not my pun, it feels like a really good place to end and also something we really need to commit to prayer. (laughs) I agree. To Jonathan, will you pray with me? I'd love that. 
Our prayer today is one that's written specifically for Reformation Sunday by the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And frankly, I love this prayer. So I thought I would offer it for all of us. So with that, Gracious Father, we pray for your Holy Catholic Church. Fill it with all truth and peace. Where it is corrupt, purify it. Where it is in error, direct it. Where in anything it is amiss, reform it. Where it is right, strengthen it. Where it is in need, provide for it. Where it is divided, reunite it. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Seth. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in and joining us this week. Next week, we're going to take a look at Psalm 146. Thanks for walking us through that story, Seth. Thanks for helping me tell it. Eat it, Joe Exotic.